Hi, welcome to Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher. And I'm the yoga teacher, Kayla, and this is Peter. Hello. Hello, Peter. Hi, I am <laughs> your faithful student and also just comedian. I'd like to be a comedian and writer one day, but I don't make any money from writing at the moment. So, but anyway, hello. <laughs> and it's July, but it doesn't matter when you're listening, but if you're listening in real time or very soon after this has come out, it's July 2023. It's the height of summer, Woo-hoo. and also it's halfway through the year, so soon be Christmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what have you got going on in July then? I'm doing lots of comedy shows again, which is what I always do. I'm doing a charity show in Brighton for. Uh, this is making me sound like I'm a really nice person. I just got asked to do it, and they're paying me. But it's, it's like a kids' <laughs> charity. I'm doing a show in Brighton for in the middle of the month. So, but the lineup's really good for that. So, uh, if you're in Brighton, that's games aid on the 17th of july so i guess i should plug that because it'd be good if that's very successful because it's also a good cause is it the comedia so it's a good comedy room it'd be a good show other than that i might put another substack piece out this month but i don't know but i'm trying to get more people to sign up to that because uh it's it's uh you know there are literally tens of people that have done already so <laughs> so if people don't know what exactly is substack i guess it's like a micro blogging site or maybe it's not even a micro blogging site it's a blogging site so that's my newest venture so there's three things on there now and they're all different things oh, of course they're all different things but they're all different types of things so <laughs> find everything from my website peterbrushcomedy.com there's a link below i think there's a substack link on there now but if not it's just peterbrush.substack.com i think you are also doing something in july are you i've got my three regular online yoga classes that people are welcome to join anytime and i've got my corporate classes i've got a new corporate class so if you're interested in any corporate classes you can always get in touch because i offer them online and to some extent and in person but it just depends on the class and where it's at and stuff so and uh obviously i've been doing coaching and stuff so that's uh still ongoing still on offer and all of that information is on my website so maybe july will look like i'm taking it easy a little bit because i've not got any big workshops planned but you never know sometimes if i get the urge i might just book it in and then send an email out so if you're interested in that kind of stuff then do stay in touch because the other thing as well is my tuesday yoga focus class is almost like a little mini workshop every week it always has a topic it always you know focuses in on something really interesting so if you're interested in just keeping an eye on one of what the topics are and if you want to go then the best thing is to just kind of sign up for emails and stay in touch follow us both on instagram as well if you want and also tell everybody around the yeah. podcast that but you haven't listened to it yet so but it's gonna be great oh yeah it's gonna be great it's, 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 a, it's great. a good one i'm very i think this one's it's all right it's good as all the others yeah it's so. a really good one. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> here it is then hmm? this is when yeah. it starts so we're gone but we're back in a few seconds <laughs> I do wonder about doing one. Like a retreat or like um, like an ashram kind of style? Well, like whatever a... the proper authentic one is, not some... Not a holiday with yoga on the side. No, not really. <laughs> no. That'd be a bit... Well, it's all middle class now, isn't it? But it seems very bourgeois <laughs> to be doing the... Uh... It'd be like glamping instead of camping. So it'd be like yeah. a, a gl- glitreat rather than a... <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it is like that. Yeah, it's really lovely if you if you if you want that kind of thing. I I did three days when I was in Japan to a yoga retreat in a onsen resort. So it's very like it's very westernized if you want to think of it like that. You know, very fun, very enjoyable. It's not it's not like come here, don't speak, silent retreat. You know, turn your phone off, don't communicate with the outside. It wasn't like that. You know, well, I think so. I won that. I don't really want to talk to anyone. 
<laughs> I have thought about silent retreats. I thought that would be fun. I don't have to talk to anyone. <laughs> I tried to write a joke about a silent retreat being like mimes in a war, like a losing to so do a silent retreat, but it doesn't really work, does it? I like that silent retreat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm imagining like a cartoon sneak away, really like over dramatic sneaking. <laughs> it's a big thing at the moment. Like, is it longevity? I, I don't know why I don't like that word because it's like long evity. So why does it make the g j? But anyway, <laughs> from the English language point of view, I don't like the word. But yeah, uh, but that's a really big thing right now in the like. I mean, it probably it's probably always been a big thing, and it's just coming to my attention but you know the whole idea of like trying to do what you can now to make sure that you're as healthy as possible for as long as possible you know almost like preventative medicine kind of thing you know what can I do today to keep myself from ever having problems with falls and stuff like not doing heroin or anything yeah I mean that will help but then if you want to do it you could just like do it at the end can't you <laughs> so yeah. you got less time to... yeah well that's it yeah exactly just uh, just enjoy your life while you're young and then when you get older then you can go experiment yeah, exactly. when you're like 85 or 90 yeah. you can be like right what were the things I've never done in my life and maybe you won't be able to do all of it I'm not sure casual sex will work so much uh, that age, but... <laughs> well you never know never say know. never no no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that the the age group that would now be around 85 and 90 and that kind of age group, you know, they grew up in a very different time to us. You know, they, even our parents would have had very different influences about things. You know, like um, even when I was young, there was like, oh, no, you don't want big beefy women you don't want to put on too much muscle and you don't want that. You know, whereas it's like, well, you won't put on muscle if you strength train, if you're a woman, because you don't have the stuff in you to put on loads of muscle you'll just tone up you know you'll just be stronger you won't end up all of a sudden looking like a bodybuilder <laughs> unless you do things to make you look like that so i think there was a lot of influence a long time ago that we've kind of come away from a bit maybe now i mean at least that's what i feel like maybe that's just what i'm because of what i like you know the algorithms are showing me what i yeah, want to see I but see. Uh, <laughs> but i feel like there is a bit of a coming away from the idea that you you know that the beauty is, is, I don't know, tiny or weak or something like that. You know, you can be strong and you can be this. A lot more women power lift now, don't they? Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah is that yeah, something you I've see a lot, lot in the well-being sort of side of things? Cause... I do see quite a few people that I used to teach at yoga in town. Obviously, they still go to gyms and stuff as well. And they've like, wow, you know, powerlifting and doing things stuff. And I'm always a little bit intimidated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because i don't really do that i have used weights in the past but i've never trained like that before that's just not it's not been something that i've been interested in maybe one day that day is not today <laughs> i see a lot of stuff from and maybe i'm in the wrong corner of the internet but um <laughs> a lot of women doing powerlifting and saying that it's been really good for personal well-being and body image yeah. sorts of things and i mean jess foster q the comedian did a show about it so should we define power lifting well weight training i suppose isn't it but like, yeah. i don't know that's specific, all i was thinking I, about. I wasn't sure if there was anything else well i don't do it but i think it's about sort of because you change your, your eating habits as well as well to make you 
you know, be okay. able to lift more. Like just making sure you're fueled. So like having protein and stuff like uh, that. Well, I'm not the expert here, but I do know yeah. Jessica changed her eating habits. I don't know whether she had, I've, I've listened to her show about it. I can't remember if she had a positive relationship with food before, but I think it mm. sheds a bit of the whole like, oh, you're only supposed to eat this and that and any diet anxiety change to eating in a different way to build strength instead of... Be skinny. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, instead of calorie deficit, trying to be skinny and stuff, yeah. Well, the more you look into it, the more it's actually really, really good for, for women. I mean, obviously, it changes if you if you have your monthly cycle. You know, what you what you do should change within that month. You know, how much effort and how much you can lift and stuff like that. But it is really, really good for you to, to, to build that muscle and to have that kind of high-protein diet. I think it's supposed to be... Um, very good for your hormone balance obviously everyone benefits from strength training because like mm. if you let yourself get weaker and weaker you won't even be able to carry your groceries up so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well just that's why they have delivery drivers <laughs> actually the delivery driver does bring the groceries to my front door well, there you go but you must be somewhat strong though <laughs> yeah i don't tend to use weights i have done in the past but i think i've just been quite busy with house renovations and stuff that prioritizing a space to be able to do that just hasn't been on my mind so just the yoga is what i tend to do but body weight training is is great for like arms and and legs and stuff it's fine because if you balance and move you're you're put, basically putting all your weight into one muscle group instead of the two so yeah you can definitely do strength training without needing weights weights do help but you don't have to have weights just do press-ups. Yeah, exactly. There's loads of things you can do. Yeah, press-ups, crunches and sit-ups and planks. and. I wonder also whether it's with lifting and stuff like that, people will go after different weights and goals and push yourself to do the next level yeah. and stuff. And I don't know if there's a structure that you're giving yourself. That I mean, I guess that could verge into being an unhealthy obsession, I suppose. Of course, anything can be an unhealthy obsession. Everything basically bakes, uh, comes back to your mindset. So there's nothing wrong with having goals as long as you're not like obsessing or tying your happiness to meeting those goals because you might find that at some point that is the max for your body, you know, or something like that. So it's obviously got to find a bit of balance there but uh, yeah I mean if you know you're starting from I don't know a very low place in terms of strength like say you can only do two push-ups and that's enough or something then being able to build up to say oh I can do 10 chaturangas or 10 push-ups in one go without having to break like that's a great that that's a really good thing that's a healthy kind of goal to try and get to Obviously, like you're saying, anything can be thrown out of balance. And the same with like weights, you know, maybe you start with a very small amount of weight and then you build up to more and more and it's like, yes, look what I can lift. Yeah, well, people do do that because you uh, people post like, you know, the, the Instagram story of them lifting a certain weight and it'd be like new PBs and stuff. And a new personal best are yeah. always good, aren't they? I love a personal best. Yeah, so. it's again, it's just, just not obsessing over it, that's all. But yeah, I think it's great. I don't know what my personal bests are. Like I don't do a gig and like rip it and then post and go new personal best like 85 laughs in the set or whatever i like that i think you should try it yeah yeah, yeah. It'd probably make you feel good make you feel really I like yeah. look like i'm a really <laughs> boasty twat well that too yeah. <laughs> but then you know you've got to boast haven't you so people know that you're doing well and stuff that's the whole point of social media isn't it that's actually a real challenge for yoga teachers you know finding that balance between like showing people you know a goal that you can get to like you know like being able to to move or stretch or bend in a certain way but without showing off and without being intimidating because you're teaching so you don't want to be like ah oh, touch your toes like me and then hug your legs you know it's like well not everybody can do that so it's a bit of a hard um because you want to be an example of but then you also don't want to be an like showing off 
and putting people off and make you think that you're full of hubris. <laughs> but you could do like a before and after type thing, couldn't you really? It's less intimidating when the change is gradual, I suppose, isn't it? I always say like a year. Like if you start a regular practice, you'll see quite a strong change after about a year. So like if you start a yoga practice and you can't touch your toes, unless there's some physical thing that's blocking you. So like sometimes satika can really get in the way of stretching to touch your toe, you're stretching your hips and your, your glutes and stuff. But assuming there's not something that's stopping you like that, I would say a year. I should you should be able to, you know, touch your toes quite quite easily, comfortably in about a year. Again, it does depend on the body. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just one of those things, isn't it? If you, you if you set yourself a goal but then you can't meet it, how are you gonna feel if you found out that your body can't do it, you know? Yeah, it's always dangerous, isn't it? Mm. That's why I don't have any goals. <laughs> I just think like if you can be a bit more vague like I'll just do my best or a goal that you know you can do like I don't know drinking lots of water something that you know you can build up to well you might as well have a a to-do list every day and just put all of the really regular things that you always do on them and then you just feel like a sense of completion then won't you like well I love to-do lists so yeah there you go have breakfast tick yep Water the plants. Tick. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> Have a cup of tea. Yep. Shower. Did that. <laughs> <laughs> Slow incremental improvement is what I'm after. Like for everything. Yeah. Just as a bit. Just be a, just, uh, just, if I look back in a year's time and I go, oh, yeah, I'm a better person than then. Yeah, definitely. That's not an actual tangible sort of thing. Yeah, because there's so much more to life than just like, oh, can I do push-ups or something, or can I lift? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's like how how I react to things. I know one of one of my students said she accidentally locked herself in a closet. I think I told you this story. Yeah, yeah. She the broom fell over and she got stuck in the closet. But then instead of like having a panic, she just like did some breathing that we did in class. And you know, she said, "Oh, I remember what you say that these feelings are inside of you. Anytime you need them, I really need them right now. <laughs> I'm stuck in this closet." <laughs> I thought that was quite sweet. So, like, that's a really, that's a clear improvement, you know, mm. if you can catch yourself doing something like that, where it's like, oh, I wouldn't have done that had I not been, I don't know, going to those classes or practicing my yoga. Mm. I might have just panicked and screamed and banged and got hot and sweaty. <laughs> but you think you can't achieve everything that you would have liked to have achieved? No, I'd like to be a millionaire right now. Do you know, you're not one of those people that thinks it's immoral to be a millionaire? Uh, No, not so much. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just think by the end of our lifetime, you know, there did stats where people would potentially make a million working for 40 years or whatever you work, you know, like a long term proper career, there's a chance you'd make a million. And that's probably quite likely, especially if you get up in your career and stuff like that. But it would be so much nicer if you could get that up front. Yeah. Because yeah, then you yeah. could make more money. <laughs> and then it would be like, you know, you'd have that buffer. And you could, you know, I don't know, just think that would be better than wait, than slowly trickly making it over and spending it as you make it. <laughs> also because you don't know how long you're going to live do you so you mm, exactly so you can budget exactly. but the longer you live the more you've got to make this million last so longevity sounds <laughs> great but you will have problems with with it if you've only got a finite amount of money you've got there's oh, a sweet spot true. isn't there but if you had a million you could invest that in living longer anyway couldn't you how so like good food or something. Well, maybe, uh, yeah. Personal but, trainer. Well, maybe not a million. I think you'd need many more millions, wouldn't you, okay. to to really? Because I'm thinking like proper longevity, like downloading your brain to the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't having my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know though. I think like you're. We've talked about this before. 
that even if you were to make a copy of someone's brain, it isn't them. Did I mention David Parfit before? He's a he's a British philosopher that talks a lot about sort of whether you replicated yourself, whether you'd be the same person, like mm. so, and, and and the ethics of that. I think he's got a thought experiment whereby if you were on Earth. And then there was a machine here and a machine on Mars mm. that would replicate you and put you on Mars. I don't know whether it's there's a question of are you the same person or not at all. Are but you there's just also a copy. exactly so. But where like, the, are you dead and then you're a copy? Yeah, that's it. Where's the ethics comes yeah. in? Whereby if you were to replicate yourself somewhere else and then they were to kill the original, if you just travelled through the mm. into the machine and you were replicated on Mars, that's not as ethically complicated as if you were copied onto mars and then they killed you yeah yeah but are but you the same think, person anyway because, but is that the same thing yeah but is that yeah is that, that's the other question is yeah. is that the same thing they may have your previous life experiences but then have you branched off or is it like i mean and then yeah. where's the locus of consciousness and all that sort of thing it's very yeah like yeah. so so is it similar to put into your brain into the cloud and stuff like is that's possibly the same thing yeah. So maybe would you prefer that to death? I mean, get, no. no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right I don't think so. There's a joke in One Foot in the Grave, isn't there? Where I don't know if you watch One Foot in the Grave. Um, he says at one point, the only thing I can think of worse than dying is living forever. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah. I think. I've always thought it would be interesting to experience like a longer lifetime than your average human, but not in terms of like, oh, I'm 110 and I look 110. I mean, like like a vampire style, you know, where mm. you could blend and potentially live through a couple hundred years and experience the changes. But I think that's all theory because you just don't know how you would actually feel about it, you know, when it comes down to it. And also that's impossible. So does it matter? <laughs> There's an ethical question to being a vampire as well, isn't there? Like all of those uh, people you suck the blood from and stuff. A... <laughs> yeah, well, that, that does cause a problem, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, so I, I'm assuming, like, I have lived a normal length life and then you're asking if I want to be put into a machine, I would say no. I think if something happened tomorrow and then they were like, oh, would you like to live as a machine for a bit? I think I might still say no, but, I mean, I don't think I've got to the point where I've really confronted my own mortality, so maybe it mm. would be different if you actually had that kind of intense experience. Well, it always changes, doesn't it? My head, I would say no. There are lots of people, like, when you're young, you're like, oh, I don't want to be 40 years old, that's going to be terrible, right? I'll be dead <laughs> yeah, before yeah. you. And then when you're, like, yeah. in your late 30s, you're like, eh, well, we'll just extend that by uh, <laughs> a little bit longer. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> like, I didn't yeah. sign that contract, did I? <laughs> <laughs> your perception mm-hmm. always changes doesn't it a little bit you always yeah, want a bit exactly you always want a bit more when you get you know we're all mm. a bit greedy i yeah. suppose quality of life is a big thing if you're 110 and you feel amazing which yeah. could be theoretically possible like you might be yeah. a bionic person by that stage um <laughs> anyway so you, your brain might still be there everything else might be replaced exactly um you yeah. might feel great might just be like yeah i'll live for another 100 years ta mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but your million have run out, wouldn't it? <laughs> Is that a million without tax then? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> if you had a million, no, you'd probably be able to avoid tax, wouldn't you? You'd, know, you'd be able to pay a guy off. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on an island somewhere or something. I don't know what people do. I got a new phone. All right. And... I'd... Yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs> well, good. We'll move on then. <laughs> 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 
Well, I don't have any updates. Although I started listening to a Lady Gaga album this week for some reason, which I didn't really expect to do. Is it good? Yeah. (laughs) It's an old one. It's not a new one. Yeah. I think at night because the weather was good, I wanted to listen to some sort of like... Something a bit faster, poppy or whatever. I think the older I get, the more uh, I quite like pop music in some respects, but I'm worried that that just means I'm turning into like, you know, when your dad listens to lame stuff and you're just like, oh, <laughs> not going to be like that. I'm going to yeah. be edgy forever. And then you find yourself listening to, oh, God knows what I'll be listening to next we end up Genesis or something, but um, <laughs> hopefully not. But you never know. Yeah. I guess you just do listen to things depending on what resonates with how you feel in your life at the time, don't you, really? I mean, it's like when you're a teenager, you're not listening to the wheels on the bus, but you, as a kid, that's <laughs> great, isn't it? You know, all the angsty stuff that you listen to yeah, yeah. As, a, as a teen, you can't listen to as readily. I mean, you can, I think if you've got some nostalgic value to it, then you can. I was going to say nostalgia. Yeah, you can put it on and go, oh, I used to listen to this loads when I was a teenager and I was really moody. <laughs> yeah, I could probably listen to Nirvana, some Smashing Pumpkin songs or something and be like, yeah, you know, yeah. Green Day. Yeah, Green Day, yeah, I used to like Green Day. Yeah, <laughs> so. so I think yep. I could still kind of do that, but you wouldn't get into it now. Yeah. I think I, when I was young, maybe I was sort of like, oh, don't don't like, I used to hate the Spice Girls, <laughs> but I kind of liked that I didn't like the Spice Girls, but everybody else kind of did. You were a rebel. I was like, no, I like Oasis instead, who no one likes. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But I've, I like more good pop music. As a, you know, there's, there's no harm in listening to a nice anthem. I will say this. I've recently listened, this last week, I've listened to a new album that I've never listened to before. It's the newest album from Muse, but it came out last summer, I think. I don't know if you listen to Muse or... I listened to the first like album when I was young because it was almost half Radiohead soundy. So we mm. were like, oh yeah, there's something that will fill the gap between Radiohead albums. I wouldn't listen to them now. I don't like their whiny songs. Like, you know, the slow ones. Yeah. Like, I'm like, no, I don't want to listen to that. But the faster beat ones are really good. And the, the last song on that album is called um, We Are Fucking Fucked. All right. Which is like, yeah. It, I think it, it feels like we were. It was written for millennials or something because it was quite funny. Yeah. And uh, the first song is a combination with Marilyn Manson, so that's really good too. It's called "The Beautiful People" and "The Will of the People." You know, it's that uh, okay. same kind of tune. So that that was quite good because I quite like Marilyn Manson. Some of his songs. You're right. admitting to liking Marilyn Manson now. Isn't he problematic? Oh, I don't know. I I feel like. I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't ever take it into account, but I feel like. I'm not into, and I've never been, even when before internet stuff got really big and everyone was still using MySpace, I was never into knowing the tabloids. You know, I don't want to know what people do in their private time. I don't want to know who they're married to. I don't care if you've caught a picture of their underwear climbing out of a cab. I don't care. And it's kind of the same now. Mm. Like, unless someone stands up and goes, let's all commit genocide. Like, I really don't think you should judge people's music and art and what they're what they're doing based on some... I'm just there for the music. I agree with that, generally, yeah. I think what yeah. there is a there is difference to some of it then. I mean, and I'm saying that as someone that still enjoys watching Woody Allen films and stuff. What I would say, I guess, is that if what you think you know about the artist ruins the music, for you or the film for you or something then in a way that you don't connect with it anymore i think that's fine but i wouldn't not watch or listen to something by someone problematic because of social pressure not to but similarly like i don't think i could ever watch 
Bill Cosby do stand-up comedy because mm. his wholesome image and such is just completely demolished now. Because I've watched the Bill Cosby show when I was growing up. So, like, if you went back and watched that now, it might be really difficult not to read into certain things and overthink it. And it would just, like you're saying, it could potentially ruin what you're watching because you know something. But people get their reputation. Like, I'm, I'm, I love, I think Philip Roth is a fantastic novelist. I love Philip Roth books, but he's sort of been problematized because of some of the things that he writes about but i don't i don't really have an issue with i still think his i still think his work's great i mean if you if you found out that someone that you really really enjoyed turned out to be like a serial killer like it put a damper on things i can't watch oj simpson films anymore (laughs) (laughs) i mean it would definitely put a damper on things if it was like an extreme thing as well like that like a real not just like oh an opinion about a political thing but like something actually really like that's a crime and you'll probably go to jail and stuff like that. I feel like it can influence the way you feel just from a just just because you know that. Not because you all of a sudden you know, I feel like if you just like, no, I'm not gonna even though I love it, I'm not gonna listen to it because it's it's a point I'm making a point. It's like, well the only person making the point is you. Make sure you tell everybody you're doing it as well so they know you're a good person. That's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what's gonna happen. There'll yeah. be some secret people that still love like, I don't know r kelly that are pretending that they're oh, not yeah. like listening to him anymore but secretly there they yeah. are listening to ignition every night or something <laughs> get, <laughs> exactly get busted exactly. at a party listening to that or something it's a hard one because again i think there is a space for both a space to to boycott and not listen and not participate or pay for or whatever but there's also a space to just say like you know people are allowed to have opinions and well people are people aren't they and people are flawed and so if you're going to go through the everybody's life history especially now with the internet everything like Mm. chronicled if you're going to go through everything like a fine tooth comb no one's blameless or guiltless or whatever are they so you you can play that game with people from hundreds of years ago isn't Botticelli a murderer oh, and yeah. stuff like I mean I don't know about Botticelli but yeah, I, mean, I don't know like if it was Botticelli it was that, someone yeah. no, no, no 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 it's not Botticelli he probably had something wrong with him but I think Caravaggio, <laughs> Caravaggio was a murderer oh right okay but I always thought he was shit anyway so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean it's true and I'm not saying that like but yeah I don't know I just think you have to make your own your own opinion about things but I think sometimes with the with all the social media it's very difficult to actually feel comfortable by saying like, well, I still want to listen to this music even though everyone else has decided we can't listen to them anymore. Oh, I'm not one for social pressure, but... Uh... Yeah, yeah, social pressure. But yeah. then I probably wouldn't Ignore broadcast, it. you know, I probably wouldn't watch Annie Hall exactly. and tweet and say, oh, Annie Hall's still a fantastic film. <laughs> you can't help what moves you sometimes. Like mm. some films or music and stuff of that really make an emotional connection to you you're gonna like yeah. i mean as i say you might reframe it and they can't anymore because you're connected to an artist and they're not who you thought you were but the art if the art still connects yeah. to you i don't think you can well if you were to think about it in other ways like if it wasn't a music and it wasn't um a, something you could watch if it was like a piece of art like a painting or a sculpture or something very physical if it was done at a time in a place that 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 was that was the best and that was great and that was awesome you know like the mona lisa or something and then later you found out that that was actually you know really horrible and something happened to the painter and it was a, you know as well as there was back then to be honest but like you know stuff like that you wouldn't all of a sudden decide that you don't like the painting mm. it's like it's a painting it's, it is its own thing you either like it or you don't like it but that doesn't mean you have to purchase it <laughs> but like it is like that doesn't shouldn't really change the art 
Unless, like you're saying, unless it really does influence, like, oh, right, he put this here because that looks like that. And now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I like it anymore. You yeah. know, unless it actually changes your opinion because it opens your eyes. But I mentioned Philip Roth because he's been problematized in that I think he writes a lot about the darkness of the male psyche and about, like, male sexuality and stuff like that. Hmm. I just think people should be making art about that. That's something about the human experience that isn't... Like, I don't isn't think that. I know him. Or I'm not familiar with this. So maybe maybe I'm not the only person that's not familiar with Well, I mean, the other criticism he has is that he is a bit of, supposedly a bit of a misogynist. He never wrote positive women characters. There is a darkness to the the male sexual psyche. It is just there. It's something that should be explored. Mm. Uh, So it's going to, you know, if you're just writing vanilla, it's very boring, isn't it? Mm. I say that as the least dangerous comedian on the circuit. So what do I like? I'm not practicing what I, <laughs> not that I'm preaching that. Anyway, have you ever been told you look like a celebrity? No. Well, I didn't have one no. for you, so I wasn't going to be like... Oh, oh darn. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, probably because I look like someone ugly or something, but... <laughs> I haven't really either. Mm. Because you wear glasses, some idiot will shout Harry Potter at some point when you're on stage. Some drunken idiot will does that. Just because wow. anyone that wears That's glasses strange. will get that. I would have thought you'd need at least to wear circular glasses to get that. The lack of imagination is quite like, who's famous with glasses when they shout that out? You might as well shout Henry Kissinger at me. <laughs> but when I was at university, there was, this is um, 2005 or something. So this is way before mm. the current technology. But there was, there was a face app like precursor which would scan a picture of your face and then match you to what celebrity you most look like yes because some celebrities did it and they got matched with different celebrities instead of themselves the technology is not it's not what it is now yes it was a really old thing it was good though it was hilarious it was really fun to do (laughs) yeah yeah it was probably just a roulette (laughs) yeah probably because that causes more amusement in a yeah, if you're yeah. drunk or stoned or something and all doing it and it's like funnier than if you're... Especially if you're a woman and you get chosen to look like a guy with like a moustache or something. And you'd be like, what? Well, <laughs> it's funny you should say that because the celebrity that I got matched with was Uma Thurman. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, nice. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Let's see. I mean, no one has ever said that I look like Uma Thurman <laughs> outside of that. But I was like, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll take that. That's, uh, I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. I can be a beautiful woman. It's fine. <laughs> Seymour Mace is a comedian, very, very, very talented comedian, and he used to have a joke about Uma Thurman, saying that he liked the name Uma Thurman because it's a name that you can say that sounds like you've pulled something. You go, Uma Thurman. <laughs> <laughs> Uma Thurman. <laughs> I like that. That's good. He's uh, he's great. He's such a brilliant comedian, but he doesn't do a lot of gigging now. But. But if you're in Newcastle, he's got a um, art exhibition at the oh. at the Baltic at the moment, so I might plug that if you happen to like be there the because he's he's, nice. he's very good. But celebrities are people, aren't they? So I always sort of say you should be careful having heroes that are human beings. Sometimes I think social media has probably actually shined a light on that more than you would think because you would think like all social media is everything's perfect, but what it's done is it's shown us that like anyone can show the world the perfect side the best pictures the best happiness the best thing but everyone knows it's all f- it's fake yeah, yeah i think everyone knows it's fake the fake ones are obvious it's also shown so a lot of a lot of celebrities are thick as shit as well but they don't yeah that too <laughs> but they, no. 
So now that we've got an inner, well, you know, maybe in the past, celebrities, maybe in the past, celebrities didn't didn't appear to be as you know they always because they only got them in magazines and stuff like that, and maybe on TV, it didn't appear to be as. It's like, oh, they must be perfect because that's what they look like, and I don't look like that, and I don't act like that. But really, it's like, but that's all they want you to see. They don't show you the bad side. They're not going to go sit down for an interview at a magazine and talk about all the bad stuff. Mm. I mean, at the time. Whereas now, I feel like people know more because they can do it too. I can do it too. I can go online and show you all the good stuff too <laughs> if I wanted to. With you know, not be a real stuff. human. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, Those exactly. So I feel like people are a bit more wise to it now. Yeah. And I don't I don't know. I mean, how many people genuinely have They can you can admire someone, um, but how many people genuinely feel like they're he, they're heroes now, you know. Yeah, that's interesting because the spell's kind of definitely I guess broken a little bit, isn't it? Mm, um so you don't have any heroes or gurus or anything? No, I mean, some, a part of me sometimes thinks that I should, that I should have someone that I can ask or talk to or learn from. But every time that I find someone that I, that I quite like, like say another yoga teacher or something, I tend to just absorb what I can from them quite quickly. And then I feel like I don't, not that I wouldn't enjoy going to their classes and learning things and stuff, mm. but I don't necessarily feel like I need to be like following their every move. You know what I mean? You know, I feel like you're with someone for a while and then you absorb a lot of their knowledge, and then you kind of move to something else, perhaps. Mm. That's the right way of saying it, just to explore. But maybe that's because I'm not following one doctrine. Sounds healthy. Sounds like you're not going to get taken in by some uh, charismatic <laughs> psychopath that is... Uh... I don't think... Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I'm, I'm the, I've got a cult brain. Yeah, I think I'd be like, nah, it's enough. Because this is one thing I sort of thought, with the yoga side of things and like the Buddhist side of... Do you know the Dalai Lama's come under... had that thing the other week... Oh, what did he do? Where some, he asked a little boy to suck his tongue. Tongue, that's it. Yeah, I remember thinking it was weird. And it was weird. Yeah. And whether it was just some senile moment or some people were treating it as if it was like a lapse. Like he'd accidentally forgotten that they weren't in private and that maybe he's been doing that for years and all that sort of thing. But, well, yeah. they said um, that there was some cultural differences they were trying to explain, but it just ended up, obviously they wanted to be careful because it just ended up sounding like excuses. But mm-hmm. they were saying like there's some comedy around the, the tongue in those cultures where if you stick your tongue out it's supposed to be quite amusing or funny whereas like here it's like well i mean maybe you could say you could stick your tongue out and be funny but i think like taking it that step further to us sounds really shocking but i think to them it was just adding to the humor of the tongue or whatever but i don't know how i don't know because i didn't actually watch it so i didn't see if everybody in the situation was suddenly like what the fuck all all left at the same time or all went what the hell yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so, yeah but i have heard like st- stories of monasteries or something having like the guru kind of in charge and ends, ends up sort of exploiting their position and all that kind of thing that, mm. i think i don't know how mm. common that is but i have heard of that i think the teacher that leonard cohen had got kind of accused of loads of dodgy things when he died because you've got that undue influence over people so it's a hard one that because i feel like it's quite common in those kind of play- scenarios to have someone who is at the top if you will, almost like um, military style. You know, you've got your, you know, you kind of your head, and then it goes down because that those kind of religious groups tend to always have that kind of leadership style. But realistically, if if everyone was aiming for the same goal, you would all be on the same level. There wouldn't be one person that's in charge, and therefore there wouldn't be that one person that's you know taking advantage of the situation. Because obviously, it stemmed from the idea of someone who's done a lot of like self work or something, and then they're like, oh, let me share it with you. 
and then they get followers and then that puts them on a pedestal when really unless they've actually decided that they're a buddha they haven't they're still human mm. <laughs> you know and they, they you can't you can't really put any human on a pedestal and then and then you have the problem that we've talked about before with like you know even just in government and stuff you know dictators and stuff when you give someone power it can go to their head even the nicest most you know trusting people can start to feel like that power is, you know, influencing them. Maybe that's like the final challenge when you become like a monk or something. It's like to get into power and then not abuse it. <laughs> and then maybe the people that fail is so surprising because they should have been able to not fail that challenge. But we also like the, um, I don't know if it's a British thing or just a human thing. We like seeing the house fall down a mm. bit. So the Dalai Lama makes this faux pas. Well, prior to that, he's been like a completely unblemished record of decades of being this like seemingly yeah. moral pillar, worldly revered by everyone apart from the Chinese government. <laughs> so people kind of like the story of, oh, well, guess there's a dark side and now it's all going to come. But people, mm. people like someone being taken down more than they like yeah. the story of them being built up sometimes, I think. But it's, there must be something natural within the way human beings think. I mean, I sort of get that as well. Yeah, like when when the CEO of Andrew's company got a payoff and got like a few hundred thousand and went and bought a yacht and bogged off, it was not, I was not happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't like, woohoo, good for him, great, you've bought a yacht, you've... Yeah. No, that is not as appealing as seeing so. I I must admit, I think that must be a a, a mental human trait, then, mustn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think we. Hmm. Doesn't stop me from wanting my million up front, though. Please. <laughs> so I say thanks for listening this time. Yeah. So, <clears throat> thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Get in touch anytime for, via whatever method works best for you because it's always nice to hear feedback, what you think of the show, if there's anything you want us to talk about, if you have any questions about what we discussed or any experiences you want us to share. I quite enjoy reading people's stories. Well, I, yeah, send them to Kayla, not... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay. we'll see you good. next time then. 